Hey you. Yeah. You. You didn't stumble here by chance. So let's talk. My name is Tyann, but a lot of people call me Taj. And I'm most known for my loud New York personality. Brooklyn, to be specific. And my unfiltered opinions. And most recently, for being your favorite homegirl. Yeah, cause I'm a realtor too. Don't forget that. And the Melanated Mindset is a safe space for unpopular opinions and heated debates amongst a diverse melting pot of those of us that identify as a melanated millennial. Now, I can't speak for y'all, but after seeing what being an adult is really about, nah, I got some things to say. And I know y'all do too. So let's talk about it, because what's really going on? What is up, y'all? We made it. I'm talking us and y'all. We have made it to the season finale of season four. I cannot believe it's been four seasons. Yes, sir, it has. And obviously, if you're an audio listener, you can hear that I am not by myself. So I figured who else to end the season with than my favorite guest and clearly y'all favorite guest because y'all really just absolutely love. I get so much interaction. Like, if we were giving real conversation anytime I have you on here. So clearly y'all love him. So I figured why not end the season there. And I'm keep it all the way honest with y'all. I did not intend to end the season so soon. I kind of thought I would get like 12 or 14 episodes. But um, last week's episode is the reason that we end in the season today. Because if you haven't listened to or watched uh, season four, episode nine, let that shit go, then you definitely need to. Because I came to some real realizations regarding like my what I feel is my life's purpose, as well as what I'm doing here with the brand, the Melanated Mindset as a whole. I had a couple episodes like in a bag, but now y'all are getting these in real time. And by real time, I mean... Y'all gonna hear this tomorrow. It's Sunday afternoon, and I feel like I've never cut it this close before, but yeah. So now that I don't have too much of a head start, it's time to go ahead and close out this season so that I could listen to the things that I feel like God is truly trying to tell me in the direction he really want me to go with the business and the brand. In order to do that, I need to not be actively recording because I'm still low-key trying to process that episode because... There, there there, was a lot, but it has become clear as day that the melanated, the melanated mindset is my life's work in a way. And I mean, you've said that for a long time now. I feel like I have, but like to come to the real, it was like an outer body experience where like the light bulb, like the switch went off. Like I really feel like I had a that so raven type of moment and it was a lot of process like it really felt like I can't explain it you have to watch the episode not just listen but watch it if you haven't to really see when it happened because it was just like wow this is what I'm supposed to be doing this is what I've always wanted to pour my energy and my resources into but it felt like getting that reassuring push like okay I'm giving you the green light like go full throttle with this. And I've always wanted this to be my baby. I always wanted the Melanated Mindset to be at the core of my entire personal brand. I wanted this to be a place where like, even above the podcast, I just wanted the brand for someone to sit down and really grasp what it is. By the time that they were done, 
they would get a sense of who I am as a person and the things that I stand for and the things that I believe. I wanted the Melanated Mindset to be where I could house all of that, like the innermost parts of myself and be like, okay, let me give it to the world. This is who I am. This is what I am. These are my core values. I wanted the Melanated Mindset to be that. And I feel like I've been doing that along these four seasons, but now I feel like Okay, like I I have so you of all people know I have so many ideas for this that like I can't even go down all the avenues at once, but taking a break from a season will give me time to okay, figure out where I want to go next, one step at a time, just making it to the next day like we talked about last week. And that this break between seasons will definitely do that. I don't plan to take as long as a break as I did last time. But we don't know. I got some things that I'm really trying to work on. It's barely gonna be a break, y'all. She's it, not gonna. She's not gonna stop. She's so passionate about this. It's not gonna be a long break. So it's not. Don't I even just, trip about that. I just want to come in with a bang. I feel like this season I came in with a bang, and I've been riding like riding that wave. I haven't missed the episode. Like everything's been on track. I kept it. We kept it, we, we rode smooth, so now I'm ready to take it to another level and, like, let's let's cruise out season five like that because by the time we come back, it would have been literally the podcast three-year anniversary. Like, that is insane to say. Like, that is very insane. And it started in a, what, a closet. <laughs> it's literally a closet in Italy in the middle of a pandemic. Like, and now we have, like, a whole set, pretty much. And literally right before we turned the camera on... <laughs> I was going over the ways that we're going to switch up the set a little bit for next season. So it's so crazy to just see it come to life and to have these visions and watch it come to play. Y'all should going to have me doing more DIYs. Right. So although the, the podcast season is ending, you got to be subscribed on YouTube and be officially a part of the tribe. So you, you could catch what's going on in between time in the meantime. Okay. The fact that, I've spent the last three years trying to figure out what my life purpose would be, like coming out of that pandemic, moving to the States, buying a house, like where I fit in and where I contributed and kind of helped in that way to get our lives to where I want it to be. And I've literally spent the last three years trying to like just hustle and figure that out along the way. And to find myself smack in the middle of it, like, while recording was in, I can't even, I can't even begin to explain what that felt like. It just know it was very, very, very relieving, but also like, damn girl, I've been running myself ragged and I've really already been doing what I need to be doing. I just need to shift my focus to, instead of trying to figure out the what I need to be doing, the why, like, just focus on how you're going to do it. And then once I do that, the rest will just, it'll come. But I definitely need to decompress that with my therapist, for sure. Speaking of therapy, uh, I've been telling y'all all season that I was going to come and do a dedicated episode to my journey and kind of some of the things that I've learned along the way. And uh, what better way to end the season than with some therapy gems? Like, come on. That's just, it wouldn't be me if I didn't do that. And if you've been part of the tribe for a while, you would know that I'm not the only person in our house that actually goes to therapy. Malik does too. Yep. 
And he also started his therapy journey before I did. He actually kind of gave me the push to go ahead and do that. And I'm like, well, since y'all love him so much, and I've been promising y'all a therapy episode, why not do it with him? It's get real kind of intimate and personal with y'all as we close out this season. Just so y'all could, y'all have been here from the very beginning. So y'all get to see the evolution of us and our relationship kind of in real time and kind of learn the things that we've been learning along the way over this 10 years y'all we will be married for 10 years it sounds crazy when you say it out loud like i feel like i know it the we've been married for married for a decade come the end of this year you've been dealing with me for 10 years yeah i mean but you've been dealing with me for 10 years yeah (laughs) all right Anyway, if you're new here, if you're new here and you obviously couldn't be able to tell this is my husband, but besides that, if you want to kind of just know a little bit more about our backstory, kind of our love story, how we met, all that good stuff, refer back to season one, episode five of Real New York Love Story, because if you couldn't tell from the intro and from the quote unquote accents, everybody said we got you're from New York. You heard? Y'all know I've been kind of like starting every episode with a definition. So I decided to start this one with a definition of therapy. And therapy is described. I was actually very shocked by the textbook definition of therapy. But it's described as treatment intended to relieve or heal a disorder. A disorder? Yeah, for some for some reason, I don't know. That didn't really sit too right for yeah, that, me. That last word jumped out to me. But I was shocked that that was the actual definition. So, Tribe, I'm going to ask you, what did y'all think the definition of therapy was? Because I definitely did not think that that was it. Like, they had me until the disorder. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. But we're going to get into that in just a second. Y'all know me, though. Never going to miss the opportunity for a shameless plug. So, since this is the last episode, if you want to keep up with me kind of behind the scenes in real time, I promise I'm going to do a better job now that I don't have to record of staying active on all my socials. So, make sure that you follow me, quote unquote, in real time so you can kind of just keep up with me and see what DIYs I got him doing next because, yeah, there's the list. But, but we're going to get them back. Dang, a list? It, I mean, it's a, it's a short list, but it is a list. Mm. Anyway, make sure you follow me on Instagram at Watson. Make sure you follow me on Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube at Watson with no dot in between. One more time for the one time. Complaints and highlights of the week. I feel like you probably haven't thought of yours yet, so I'm going to go first. My complaint of the week is the fact that it feels like God has literally been yelling at me. If you know, you know. There's so much backstory to last week's episode, and I hate to keep bringing it up, but it was a very pivotal moment in my life for real, like in real life. And ever since then, I have questioned so much. And ever since then, aka literally last week, it feels like God is just like, boop. Like, it just hit me upside my head. Like, girl, why you not listening? Like, I asked for... So, you, so you're making a complaint to God? I, no. I'm... It, okay, I just don't... All right. So my real complaint, I guess, within that, is you know how they be like, be careful what you wish for because you just might get it? So I've been asking for very clear and concise signs that I am on the right track and that I just need to keep going. And I feel like last week's episode in the middle of recording that was when that happened. But now I'm like, it feels like 
God has given me Ikea instructions. And what I mean by that is it feels like I now know what I'm supposed to be doing and like where to put my energy and like where my life I'm supposed to contribute to this world. But I didn't get no how. So it feels like Ikea instructions where they just give you pictures and no words. He gave me the picture, which was the That's a Raven vision, like literally sitting right here. But there's no words explaining the gray areas. And I got mad questions that I didn't think I would I would have because how I'm supposed to do that. Like how you, okay, I see what you want me to do, but you ain't tell me how to do it. And I don't know how to do it. He just gave you the end goal without the exactly. steps to get there. So that is my complaints of the week. And during the off season, I plan to kind of just try my best to figure out the how to get there, but to bring y'all along the journey somehow, some way, whatever that is going to look like. But on the other note, my highlight. He just sold you a dream. Child, I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. A goal without a plan. That's what it's given. And like, I don't want to be ungrateful because, you know, some people just, I, I feel like they never figure out their life purpose. But it's like, now that I know, I still don't know how to accomplish it. I just know what I'm supposed to do. I feel like doing. I'm still trying to figure it out. That's what I'm saying. So, like, I'm very grateful that I feel like that. And I have to take a quick second to shout out to Indesha. So, she is, like, I met her in Hawaii. And she has always been, like, the biggest supporter of me ever. And she left a comment on that episode on YouTube that literally was saying, like, she could just feel my energy coming through the screen. And, like, girl, like, this this is what you're supposed to be doing. Like just the fact that it makes you so happy makes me so happy for you. And I was just like, and she like to get a compliment about my energy was like, I told her, it was like, she really made my day. Cause like somebody could always compliment how you look and like the things that you do for them. But someone that I haven't like actually done anything for besides just be myself and tell my story. And somehow that has helped her in whatever way it has. Like, to be complimented that y'all can feel that because I feel like that's my goal. Like I want, I don't want to sit up here and feel like I'm talking at y'all. I want to feel like I'm talking with y'all and I want y'all to feel me when I say certain things and when I experience certain things. Like I want that e emotion to portray through the camera and through the mic and to know that it does just <sighs> made me feel so good. So shout out to you because you really made my day, girl. For real, for real. But my highlights of the week is going to be, I get to put words to these picture instructions now that the podcast has wrapped for this season. And on top of that, cherry on top, by the time I come back, both the boys' birthdays will have passed. So Malik's birthday is in literally like two and a half weeks, two weeks. And then Xavier's birthday is a month after that. So by the time I come back, the boys will have done a whole trip around the sun. I'm excited. Are you excited? I'm excited. I am. I am. Uh, I feel like turning 30. I'm surprised he told y'all how old he turned it. Because, child, he, he dreading it. And y'all need to tell him that he needs to embrace it. Like, I want to just skip Turning 30, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling it. All right? But you all, what do the old people that look good always say? You're only as old as you feel. Stop acting like you're turning 50. 
You got this. You still young. You still a little spring chicken. Oh, I'm still young. I still got it. I'm just saying, like, to say, oh, I'm 30 out loud. Like, I feel like when I was young, I was like, eh, 30. That's an old, old head. Old here we are. For real. Now I'm 30. But it's cool. You know, I'm uh, going into my high. Well, I got to say my complaint first, huh? Uh, well, you don't have to. It's up to you, whatever. I, I feel like my highlight of the week is, I don't know, just, just being a dad lately. Like, I've been feeling real, like, emotional about it. About turning 30 or about being no, a dad? Being a dad. Like, just, just being with Xavier all day. Well, not all day because I've been working, but. Just having moments with Xavier, just like earlier, just dancing with him, listening to music. I think that's going outside with him, for me, is playing with him. It just, it just kind of hits. It just kind of hits you once you sit back and just enjoy the moment. It's like, wow, I'm really a dad out here in these streets. Like some days, I do have to like some days. I get caught up in the actual parenting part and the stressors of it all because it is stressful as hell. But, but yeah, then definitely, are... it, it tests your patience. Crazy. What? What do I be telling y'all? Oh, man. And, like, y'all, he has us for parents. If you know us, you know he is literally just him and me infused in a person. Literally. Literally. And mind you, he's with us all day, y'all. He's not around kids. So y'all know about them kids that never really around kids. They already start maturing and picking up on adult things. We, We keep it pretty PG around here, but... Oh, he done picked up on the sarcasm. He knows sarcasm in English, Spanish, and sign language, y'all. And I'm not kidding. Like, keep me in here ready to go toe for toe to toe with us. Like, but then at the same time, is the most respectful, most polite, cutest little human being ever. Right. And then sometimes I just have to really sit in the gratitude. Like, yo, there were days that I really never thought that we would be parents for real. And if you if you don't know our story again, like go back to season one, but to sum it all up, we struggled for two years to get pregnant, and then I just miraculously popped up pregnant one day. To be honest, like I want to say we gave up, but we just stopped thinking about it. Honestly, we stopped. We detached ourselves from the outcome. It, it either it was gonna happen for uh, us or it wasn't, but we were gonna enjoy our lives regardless. Exactly. And we was enjoying our life, okay? We was diddy bopping through Europe. What's meant for you is meant for you. Always. And, and that goes for that goes for a lot of things like people, jobs, uh material material things, uh moments. If it, if it's not meant for you, it won't happen. If it's meant for you, it'll happen. You just, you just it just takes time. And that's literally what it took for us. It took time. I feel like we had to go through that to really appreciate our parenthood journey. And it made it that much easier. I'm using easier as in air quotes, if you're listening, to not fall in the trap of the type of parents that we had. Not saying that our parents weren't good parents, but to be better. I feel like the, the goal is always to be better than your parents were. So going through what we had to go through to get him here it was like we from the jump we started out with so much gratitude and just like we knew parenthood would be hard but we we've already been fighting this this long and this hard like okay like we in this and i feel like even on the days we're like i just wanna yoke them up i have i find myself literally like i can't imagine my life without you 
but we gotta, you know what's crazy you know what's crazy i just thought about this uh remember someone told us that we wasn't ready and we like took offense to it like what do you mean i, I feel like i've mentioned that before on the pod but we definitely gonna have to dive into that next season i just need a specific topic to that that was that was a low blow like when you're trying actively trying and to have someone voice their opinion on something so intimate and private that you chose to share and then their opinion not necessarily be negative but like it wasn't positive it just didn't feel like it came from a good place it fam- it felt like it came from a very religious place and y'all clearly know our stance on that now in life so at the time it just rubbed me so the wrong way and i just kind of let it rub off my shoulders but i was definitely hurt on the inside like yeah um i took a little bit of offense to it too i think because i think it was coming from a really religious um like it came from a, re- a religious place but I think we we looked at it in a in a negative aspect. You know, now thinking about it, it was like that person probably was right. Yeah, I love the fact that we get to say that we enjoyed each other. Some a lot of relationships don't survive the kid, and I could see how now had we not been as locked in as we have been. Like we got just us two for seven years of marriage, like. Enough to go through the... I can't imagine going through those first years of marriage and these the first couple years of parenting. Those stages of life are equally traumatic, if you ask me. Like, there's a lot that changes. So have those two major life events been on top of one another, maybe we would have not been able to withstand the heat. But the fact that we got to work on ourselves and our relationship and make that as solid of a foundation as possible... Then add a kid to that, that is something that I'll always be grateful for. Like, we know he was intentionally made. He wasn't, he was a surprise, but he wasn't an accident. The timing was a surprise. <laughs> yeah, very much so, because I had just come back from Amsterdam for the second time. <laughs> yeah, we was really diddy bopping through them Europe streets, having a blast. Like, literally those three years living in Italy. Was yeah, we were just talking about how we miss Europe. Yeah, like, it was the best years of my life. Literally, I'm so glad I got to experience that in the height of my 20s with no kid. Like, now I just want to go back and do it with the kid. Like, let me show you how much fun mommy and daddy used to have. Like, it's crazy. I don't think you ever gave me a complaint. That was your highlight. Child, this, y'all, I got 24 hours to edit this episode. Look how long it's about to be already. But the conversation is just flowing. But go ahead. So my complaint would be, so lately what's been going around with, like, the Michael B. Jordan and the, um, uh, what's his name? Majors. Um, I don't know that man name, but I know who you're talking about. Uh, I think something majors, something majors, major something. I forgot the uh-huh. name. But the actor from Lovecraft Country and and who's playing the uh antagonist in Creed Three, uh, Country Dude, whatever. Um, you know, it's been going around the internet that they're like, cause they're cause they're they seem so close that. People are questioning. People are questioning. Oh, it gotta be a, a sexual relationship, or it, it gotta be a like a Hollywood trying to dehumanize a black man's image or whatever. And I'm like, why I gotta be all of that? You know, what I mean, why can't they just be really good friends? They both are really great actors. Both coming up, 
he just Michael B. Jordan just directed a movie that he brought another black brother on. Like, right, why you gotta point out life. the negativity of I mean, their he relationship? Was already on his like, way, but if y'all don't know, I really wish I knew his name. I'm so sorry, but if y'all don't know his story, he was literally just homeless, like living in his car and hotels with his kid. His life has changed drastically quickly, and Michael can probably relate to that. Like, he had a slow climb to success, but I feel like. If you listen to him on the R&B podcast, like, Michael was struggling too. So, it your life, when your life changed overnight like that, you really have compassion for the people that got you there. When you're already blown up, you don't, you feel like you don't, you feel like that person didn't struggle to get to their position. You're like, oh, that person, you know, he's, he just, like, it just came out of nowhere, which it, it didn't. Um, the dude, Majors, he had a, yeah, yeah, he was, he had a kid, his daughter. He was home, uh, basically homeless, just living in a hotel. And I don't think people give people credit. Like, chasing your dreams already is so hard mentally, financially, physically. But to try to do that while you're taking care of another human being, ladies, if you don't have no kids and you have goals and dreams in life, this is your reminder to do that shit. Just start trying because as someone that is just now following her dreams while still a pretty new mom, it is a lot harder. Like kids just make things that are already hard, harder, not impossible, but harder. So for him to be getting. And yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a motivator for sure. But that doesn't mean it's, it's it's an obstacle for real, for real, not a hindrance, but an obstacle. You got to maneuver differently when you have a little person that you got to feed and clothe and they need clothes every time the season changes. Like, you got to hustle a lot different. So, kudos to him for even being able to still have the courage. Because it's easy to be like, I'm going to give up on myself and just go do something that makes me money to put food on the table. So, to get back to the root of what my complaint is, my complaint is not even specifically for women, but just in general, like, don't downplay like men's relationship with each other because it's part of the reason why men don't talk to each other now. Agreed. You know what I'm saying? That's like so on par with the topic for today's episode. Yeah, like men need an outlet. I, I think, they deserve I, to be able to be friends with their friends. Like girls yeah. be doing all type of stuff. They like, be like, Oh, why are you hanging out with your boys? Or why are you always Checking on uh, this dude or talking to this dude, you should be talking to me or you should be doing that with me. Like, yes, you should be able to confide in, in, in your woman for sure. But at the same time, it's just like having that same sex, uh, you know, conversation is, is just different. Well, and it, and it could still be too. it could still be, uh, you know, like ment- mentally pleasing for that person to talk to that person because you feel like that that same sex will have who have gone what you've been through and they know exactly where you come from because they most likely go through the same things. They can relate to a base level profile of your life, being right. a black man. Right. Another black man can relate way better than I can. I never understood the we the women the women. The women that really are just like, oh like you can't spend too much time with your friends. I'd be like, babe, did you check on so and so today? Like like, yeah, like, I'd be encouraging that. Like, why do you want your man to only confide in you? But because then when y'all have problems, where does he go? 
And then when the relationship is bubbling and cracking because he doesn't have no outlet, but you got you you and your girls and your group chat, you go out with your friends, but he can't go out with his friends. Like yeah, Relationships then need room to breathe. How is it going to grow if you stifle it? Like, exactly. Then it's it's like, like putting a plant right, in a box. That, that, that man is only comfortable talking about his emotional feelings with a, with a woman. So if he's not talking it with his woman, probably going to talk about it with another woman when he could have had his his boy or you know his brother actually come in confide in him and open up and, and give advice and everything like that but instead you downplaying that relationship because it's another dude if that makes sense all right so y'all know the vibes we are at our fendi fact of the day because I got one this week, y'all. Back to regular schedule programming. This week's Fendi Facts is an excerpt from Revolt. Shout out to Diddy. And it's an article written by Bianca Alice. I don't know. Sorry. I don't know her last name. But uh, the article is titled Fact Check. What percentage of black people go to therapy? And as always... Very. As always, if you guys are ever curious to kind of read up on these stats yourself, I always link it in the description box of the YouTube video. So if you're an audio listener, you know where to find it. And it says, claim, what percentage of black people go to therapy? And the finding state stats tell us that roughly 25% of black Americans seek mental health care compared to 40% of their white counterparts per our Harvard Medical School affiliate, McLean. That is the one who conducted this study. She says, we must understand where it comes from and why it is so ingrained in our culture. From hysterical hysterical misconceptions, we learn to ignore mental illness or to call it other things like stress or being tired. Additionally, mentioned in another study, it says that she estimates about 25% of black Americans seek mental health care, registering that the root of mental health stigma amongst black people can be traced all the way back to slavery. At that time, it was commonly thought that enslaved people were not sophisticated enough to develop depression, anxiety, or other mental health disorders. End quote. Survival tactics can be passed down generationally to aid persons in getting from one point to the next. Still, these lessons teach the collective to do just that, survive. But never really live. That was my own little spin on it. But before we jump into the flow, y'all know, I got a call to action. If you are not subscribed on the YouTube channel, come on. You want to make your tribe membership official. And it's free. So go ahead and pull up on me on YouTube. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Make sure that you give this video a big thumbs up because we made it 10 episodes. That's 10 weeks. We haven't missed a single week. We've been giving y'all that good, authentic, and evolving content, which is really what I love. This season was so personal for me, but it just flowed so natural. It was the season that gave me the least amount of stress, even though it started with a lot of stress. But we've been cruising throughout this season. Literally. Like, everything is happening the way that it's supposed to happen. Right, because we would love to have you, especially if you've only been listening on audio all right we have officially got to the meat and potatoes of the flow 
I promise we ain't gonna, we're gonna try not to keep y'all here too long, but I just got some questions I want to run through with you. Y'all, he gonna ask me before we press record, what's this episode about? See, I know I don't be telling people, I like I give them the gist, but I like the conversation to flow naturally. He forgot, I told him that we was gonna be talking about our therapy journeys, and he forgot until literally right before we press record. So, my first question would be, how would you have defined therapy before you heard the official definition? Mm. I probably would have defined it as you just trying to answer questions that you can't figure out on your own. Mm. Mostly, because I think that's, at least that's what I see therapy as. Like, just like, why does this situation, or why does, why do I feel so emotional, emotionally invested in this person, or you know why? Why um? Why do I feel like this person treating me like this? Why do I think this person doesn't love me? Why do I think this person is angry with me? Things like that. Like I'm trying to answer questions that I feel like I can't answer. Okay, I think I would say that my definition before I knew what it officially was would be a place that you go to seek professional help to understand your feelings. So. Like, for example, my therapist gave me, like, an emotions chart. And for some reason, up until I had that chart, like, I knew, but I forgot that there were more emotions than just happy, sad, mad. Like, she gave me an actual wheel that has those as, like, the core feelings. But then there's, like, other layers around it. If you guys have the chance, I highly recommend everybody to Google an emotion chart or emotion wheel. And... There will be times where, like, I would be, like, frustrated or irritated one day, but I never really knew why. Like, I wasn't mad, I wasn't sad, but there was, like, something. So now having this wheel, I can find the exact emotion that I resonate with the most at that moment and pinpoint what it goes to, which is the core ones, like happy, mad, sad, etc. And knowing what you're feeling is the first step to, I feel, understanding why you feel the way you feel. So you got to know what you're feeling first. So I felt like therapy was a place that you go to get resources to do that. So like I went to a professional who gave me an emotion wheel that is now a tool that I can always refer back to whenever I can't quite understand how I'm feeling. Well, apparently it's to fix a disorder. Child, I <laughs> like that. So what shifted for you to even want to seek out a therapist? Felt like I wasn't in control of my emotions. Like they were just, like they were just kind of doing their own thing, and I didn't know why. Like I felt this way, and I'm, and then at the end of it, I'm like, why do I even? Why do I feel like that? Like what's, what's the issue? What's the disorder? <laughs> you know. So, so I just made that. I made the uh, the choice to just go and try and figure it out. Did you feel pressure from me? Because most people assume that when men go seek professional help, that it's at the hands of a woman. Like, a woman told you, you need to go fix something or you need to do something. Did you feel pressure from me? Not to, mm, that's not, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. No, I, I didn't feel Right, any, don't believe it, though. No, I didn't feel any pressure. But, um, I think a motivator was, was Zavi. Like, I felt like if I can't go and figure out 
my emotions? How am I going to uh, be empathetic or give him some advice on how to deal with his? I can see that 100% because now I see what they... What they really mean by terrible twos is that your child has discovered emotions. What? So, like, they may feel mad in a certain moment, but they don't really understand. Feel mad. mad. He tells us. Yeah, like, okay. that I'm mad. That's a thing. So, I see what you mean because now we're able to help him identify his emotions and kind of coach him through, okay, well, what do you need in this moment to not feel like this? So... They the twos is terrible because they understand emotions and if they're starting to speak like Xavion is, then they're expressing their emotions. They telling you flat out, I'm mad. And you in the middle of driving on the highway doing 70 and now you gotta figure out why the toddler's mad in the back. Like it just be their emotions be real sporadic and inconvenient at times because now they sad in the middle of a grocery store and you just trying to get your groceries and get out. So you got to ex- go through a whole lesson and find out why they sad. Help them not be sad. Get your groceries, get out. Meanwhile, you're in the middle of the bread aisle. <laughs> so that's what the terrible twos is given. So I definitely can agree that I'm glad. That, that must have happened recently. Overstimulated is not the word. Oh, I think it's also important to note that you didn't get a lot of say in your therapy journey because of the army. So it's a little bit different than if a civilian was just going and going out and shopping for therapists. You kind of just had to take whoever. So I think that's important to note too that I'm proud of you for sticking through it because you didn't get a say. Even though I feel like I didn't get much of a say, I had more say than you did. So just sticking with it, even if it's not necessarily the person you wanted to talk to because we all have our preferences with therapists. I think that's... Uh, an important factor is you want someone that makes you feel comfortable. So that's why they want you to shop around for therapists. So not having that option, but still sticking with it, I definitely think is very commendable. My next question would be, how has therapy positively impacted you during such a transitional time in your life? So you're about to turn 30, like You've had some mental shifts and kind of where you want your life to go and what you want it to look like. So how do you think therapy has positively impacted that while you have all these spiritual shifts going on? I think it just, I I feel like it's just like, like lit a lift off my, so, my, off my shoulders. So like, I'm not saying it exactly like gave me a direct answer of okay, this is why you feeling like that, but it it helped me gain a better understanding mm-hmm. and look at situations in the past from a different outlook. And so looking at it from that different out that different perspective, it just it just let me resonate with with the situation and just let me like okay, well that's why I felt this way and. You know, maybe that person felt this type of way. That's why they reacted to this. And, you know, that's okay. I could let that let that go. So you feel like you're walking into this new era of yourself and this new decade of your life. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think it's called shadow work. Right? <laughs> Check right? you out. Yeah, you know. So it, yeah, it, I it, love it, this. It just makes you do that little bit of shadow work and you're just able to just let it go. And it's just like, all right, well, you know, I'm looking towards the future and not letting the 
the past be a shadow casting over you. So the shadow just gets smaller and smaller. Yeah. I, not yet. I just I have to say, healing looks very good on you. You have never looked better. I love to hear that. I love that for you. I love that for me. Because, like, I just love that for me. Like, I get to experience. A, it's like I'm still in love with you, but I just get to fall in love with a different version of you and just kind of watch you transform into the man that I know over these last 10 years you always wanted to be. But to see you actually do that is different. I'm very proud of you. With that being said, though, do you wish you had started therapy sooner? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I I feel like our conversations are, like, we've had deep conversations over the past 10 years, but our conversations are a lot more intentional since we've both been in therapy. So I definitely feel like I wish that I started sooner and you started sooner so that we could reach this level of communication. I feel like we've been striving to get to this place as far as our communication and our relationship for years. And we always used to miss the mark and I feel like we haven't missed the mark in a very long time. Mm. So I feel like it definitely gave us the tools we needed to better communicate with one another, to stay on the same page, to make sure that that relationship we built, that ground level stays as strong as possible as we continue to build on top of it, adding baby, adding properties, like as as our life begins to grow and our empire begins to grow, we know that therapy has given us the tools to make sure the foundation stays solid. Yep. So I definitely wish we had both started sooner. Yep, and we've just been building upon it. Honestly, brick by brick, brick layer by brick. layer, brick bum brick bum brick. So, do you discuss your sessions with your friends or kind of like what you and your therapist talk about in general? No, I haven't. Besides with you. Why or why not? Yeah, I don't know. I just, I haven't discussed things in therapy with anyone besides you. Mm -hmm. And I also don't go like digging and asking like, oh, well, what did you talk about in therapy? I kind of like, if you want to tell me, you tell me. Mm-hmm. I give you the space because therapy is very personal and we don't mm-hmm. go to the same therapist. We don't go to therapy together. We actually haven't even done a, a couple sessions just yet. We've just been focusing on our individual healing journeys. Whoever going to be the person to do that couple session, huh? And we got to go to my therapist for that. <laughs> you think so? I think so. Mm-hmm. Only because... She used to be in the military. Okay, so she, yeah. And then she got out, and then she understood the wife aspect. So I think she Mm -hmm. can relate to both of us in that sense. In being a soldier, and then being a wife. So I think that's a base level that puts her in the middle. But I don't know. You think your therapist would be better? We could flip a coin. Nah. (laughs) Nah, I flip, nah. Oh, that's because you be what you be in there telling her that you don't want me. You don't no, want I don't be in here telling her nothing mm-hmm. about you. I'm just saying, I don't mm-hmm. think she would be a good candidate for us. At least at my therapist, it smells really good in there. <laughs> yeah, you got a whole scene. My shit is like a like almost like a jail cell, not a jail cell, but like it's just all it's just it oh, just no. looks like yeah, it's don't it, it's not really a vibe. I just go in there. I just go in there and tell her whatever's on my mind. Oh my goodness! I uh, forgot. Sometimes I, gave sometimes I see. I kind of, kind of overwhelm her. 
Because it's, it's, it's a little white lady. Well, she, she ain't little, but... Oh. It's a nice it's a nice white lady, so... My therapist is a black lady, y'all. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if she's going to yeah, listen I just, to this. I, I just tell her... Mm. She asked me, is it okay if she listens to the podcast? And I told her, yeah, so... Dang, oh, yeah, we got to pick my therapist because she know a little bit... She know what they know, and mm, she and well. then she know what I know. So then all she missing is your side. Yeah, and she'll be able to. Oh man, that'd be dangerous. Damn. So now we gotta looking to see if she even do, does that. Yeah, I talked about. I talked with her. She said she'd be willing to. Mm, nice. Okay. Yeah, we will report back season five. That'll be season a season five thing. Our first couple session and how that. How that goes after being married for 10 years. Oh, damn. Now she, now she put a timeline on it. I'm just saying. Like, might as well. But next question would be, how do you think our relationship has benefited from both of us being in therapy? Benefit, yeah. benefit tremendously because I think it just it just kept elevating our communication. Because now that we understand ourselves, we could come back and understand each other better agreed because therapy has taught me when to kind of reel myself back like hold up wait a minute you might be tripping right now let me Mm -hmm. go do make sure is it me or yeah because if it's me like hold up let me fix myself and come back and that's when you'll see me come back and be like babe if that sounded sarcastic like I didn't mean for that to sound like that like I'll kind of double back when I realized, like, oh, you know, it might be me right now. Hold up. I'm sorry. I didn't mean for that to sound like that. This right. is really what I meant. And I think a, a lot of times it's like, you know, um, we we understand feelings more now. So, like, you know, if, if, if someone else is feeling aggravated or something, like, we wait until we feel like that has gone through and then we re-engage. Agreed. We kind of do give each other space to instead, feel our feels yeah, instead without of just, taking it personal. Exactly. I think that's a key thing that we've definitely learned. Because before I used to, like yesterday, I could tell that something was wrong. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, before I would have immediately like felt some type of way. Like, okay, well, why don't you, I'm your wife. Why don't you want to tell me what's wrong? Like, yeah. But knowing what I know now and knowing what I know about how you kind of process your feels, I knew not to really poke at it. Because I'm like, no, something is... For him to be walking around like this, something's not right. Yeah. And so I think, that's I think why my I immediate, it a lot more gentler. Yeah, I think my immediate reactions would be like, why does she keep asking me questions? Just drop it. Like, I'm dropping it. You just need to drop it. But instead, it's like, I need to just say what's on my mind and, and let that let it go. And I think we did just a really good job of, like, nipping that full circle. Yeah, because mm-hmm. now that you said how you would have reacted, that's exactly how us nine years ago would have reacted to something that was that small and that I would have it would have to you seemed like I was turning a situation that was about you and your feelings into something that was about me and that although that would not have been my intention I could definitely see how it would have been taken that way versus how we handled it and how we were able to just kind of you was able to tell me what was wrong which I greatly appreciate Mm -hmm. I love when you do that so keep doing that and and Mm -hmm. before I just would have kept it in like yeah I, I dropped it so you shouldn't be act trying to act trying to get it I out of me when I already dropped that because you topic. got an attitude that I got an attitude because you won't tell me what's wrong and I'm just trying to be your wife and figure out what's wrong yeah. so I can make you feel better yeah damn <laughs> wow we have come a long way we have come a very long way love that for us uh, what's next 
why do you think for many people there's shame associated with wanting or needing help from a therapist? I think simply because it is looked upon as being in a weak moment. That's the thing. Knowing what I know now, I think people see it as like, people see it, like you said, as a weakness when in fact it's a resource. Like it's a secret weapon. It's not. It's a, it's a tool. Yeah. That it it only can help now. Is it, is it going to feel like help every single session? No. Some days going to leave out of there feeling kind of worse or maybe just not better than when you walked in there. But you'll be asking yourself the questions you need to be asking yourself that you probably weren't before you went in there. So it's it's something that can only help you. And I feel like people feel shame because they feel like something is wrong with me. Yeah, either something is wrong with you or it's like, wow, you're so pathetic that you can't figure out your feelings as a grown person. But... There may be something wrong with you. Do you see the world we're living in? There's something wrong with all of it. If there's something isn't, if there's not something wrong with you, now I'm concerned because we are living on our second recession post pandemic. Like if if you are operating at your peak, I'm jealous. Number one and number two, are you okay? Because the rest of us are not, and it's okay to not be okay. Is there anything specific that you hope to get from therapy? Because I don't, I can't speak for your therapist, but mine asked me what was my goal with therapy. I'm not saying I've met my goal because you can always improve on it, but my goal was just to understand my 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 feelings from the inside out and just gain control over my over my emotions. That's so crazy. And dude. just to like not be so like stressful about or stressed out about things that um, aren't that valuable in my eyes. You know what I mean? So I just want to, I would just, just want to be able to sit back. I just want to be happy pretty much. You know what I mean? Just, just, just be content with, with my life and just to know that, um, I'm doing what I can to 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 be who I want to be. That's, that's a really good purpose. I think it's crazy because my purpose for going is to relinquish control or the need to want to control the way that my life goes. So my goal is to just learn to just let things be and to just learn how to go with the flow and not let everything affect me so drastically so if I had to say what would be my my why that would be my why as far as therapy and to just kind of learn to live in the moment and to know that things are gonna happen the way they're meant to happen and that has nothing to do with me all I can control is me basically what is has been your biggest therapy takeaway so far my biggest therapy takeaway? Give give us the therapy gem, jewel that echoes in your head. Talk to me. What do you mean? Like something specifically from therapy? Or something that you learned from from therapy, a good lesson. I think what I learned from therapy, I mean, I, I, I'm pretty sure I always knew this, but I didn't know on what, I didn't know this on what scale. Mm -hmm. But I think imperfection is perfect. 
So it, to me, that just means like nothing is perfect. And because nothing is perfect, that makes it that makes it perfect because that's how things are supposed to be. Nothing is is perfect. Relationships, people, even animals, this world, everything. Like nothing is just full circle, perfection, no flaws. Everything has some type of flaw. And so you can't be stressed out about trying to be perfect or having that perfect life or a perfect spouse or anything. You just have to be able to and be willing to understand it. Period. I think my biggest therapy takeaway would definitely be that healing hurts way more than it feels good. So in order to truly heal yourself from the things that affect you the most, you have to dig back deep and put yourself back in that moment. And sometimes reliving those moments is not always the most pleasant but you have to relive them through a different lens and to take a step out of how you felt and what was said and understand why did what was said make me feel the way I felt or why was what was done? Why did I feel like that? And like, it has just allowed me to take everything and as regarding myself and my feelings and dissect it. Because emotions stem from somewhere. So if I want to emo- understand my emotions, I have to understand where they're coming from. Am I feeling the way I feel out of hurt, out of rage? Th- those type of things affect how I'm feeling. They're almost like a filter. So like, do I really feel like this? Or am I really deep down feeling something else for something else that is now causing me to feel like this about this? Like, am I mad at Zavi in this moment for spilling something on the floor? Or am I still sad about a conversation that we had earlier that has now forced me to have less patience? Therefore, now I'm mad about something small. It allows me to break my emotions down into levels. And be in control of them. Right. So I think that my biggest therapy takeaway is that healing is going to hurt. It it's it's you're going to have to put that mirror up to yourself because you can't just heal the things that people have done to you. You have to heal the things that you have done to yourself and understand the role that you play in your current situation and circumstances because it's not always everybody's fault. We play a role in our own lives. So understanding yourself at your core and the parts of you that are not so pretty, the parts of you that you try to avoid and and pretty much try to sweep under the rug, understanding why that is the way it is and where it stems from so that you cannot be that ugly person deep, deep inside. That's tough. Not just healing the things that people have done to you, but healing the things you've done to yourself. That was tough. I think another thing that I've kind of learned from therapy, I've been sitting on these gems for a while, y'all. So let me kind of list them. I've been keeping keeping up. But therapy also made me realize that there are things from your childhood that are so ingrained in your subconscious that you don't even know about until you find yourself in a familiar particular situation. So almost like deja vu. So like 
for example, easiest example I could think of, when you were that child and you were maybe getting yelled at or disciplined for doing something, all you could think of in your head at that moment was probably, I can't wait to have kids so that I never do that. Right? And then fast forward years later, you become a parent. You're in a situation where you're now the disciplinary of your child. And in like one moment, you snap out of it and think back to the person that you used to be on the other side as a kid. Like I said, I would never do that. And I didn't even realize I'm doing this until I'm in the middle of doing it. And you don't realize how ingrained certain things and events in your life, how they will affect you years later. You may think something that happened back then wasn't a big deal that turned out has had a pretty significant impact on the way that your life has turned out thus far, even though in your eyes, it wasn't that deep. It wasn't that serious, but it was serious enough where now you always seem to react or feel this type of way whenever you're in this type of situation because of something else that happened to you. So realizing that in order for you to heal, you literally got to start back as far as you can. You got to take it all the way back to your childhood and start dissecting it and understanding that you are the person that you are right now because of the things that that child endured or went through or heard or witnessed. Like everything, every part of your life as, as a child is why you're the adult that you are right now. That's a fact. So it, it makes me conscious of the fact that an environment that a child grows up in is so important because everything about that environment is going to dictate how that child grows up. It's going to be the mold. It's the beginning. And it's so much harder as the kid gets older to change that. So having good positive energy surrounding a child at all times, I've realized through therapy is extremely important because especially now as a parent, I never want to be the reason that Xavier is sitting on a couch 10, 15 years from now talking to a therapist because of situations or environments that I created around him. I never want him to have to heal from his relationship with me. So it just makes me very cognitive of the environment and the situations in which I put him in so that that's not a thing. Granted, I'm not going to be the perfect parent. There's always going to be stuff to complain about about your parents. But just trying to be intentional and aware of things that I otherwise would not have been had I not went back and dissect. Like, okay, if I say I never want to be this type of parent, I have to make sure that anytime I'm in that type of situation, I am conscious to make sure that I react opposite of how I feel like I want to automatically react. I got to kind of go against nature a little bit and actively do my part in restructuring our, what we have going on so that I'm not repeating the cycle so that I can actually break the cycle. If that makes sense. I feel like that was a lot, but it made sense in my mind. It, it, it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, another thing that therapy's also kind of shed the light on is that therapy made my spiritual journey even more lonely than it already was. More lonely? Yeah. Because therapy allows me now. It's like it gave me a new pair of glasses. And it's like being on a spiritual journey, like I was already 
be and me being an empath I was already able to like feel other people's energy and emotions but like now when you pile therapy onto that and like actively healing and being intentional about the things that you say and the things that you do it makes you realize those around you that aren't that's a fact with but I'm finding I'm finding it hard to find that balance and to not judging people because everybody is on their own journeys and on their own paces and paths. But just being in this era of my life as a healing black woman, almost in her thirties, it makes me look at people around me and new people that come around me completely different because I don't resonate with certain parts of what maybe unhealed version of me did. So now I I'm, I was already conscious of people's energy, but now like, okay, if you, if you're not in a good situation, what are you doing to get yourself out of it, or are you just wallowing in that? You get what I'm saying? I I want to be around people that are doing the best they can to be the best version of themselves. So I want people around me that are trying to heal, that are maybe looking for the tools versus people that are just not happy with where they are, but not doing anything to change that either. So I think therapy really opened my eyes to see what everybody else has going on and kind of see without being like a therapist and I'm not diagnosing anybody, but just you can see. I think it just, it helps you read people better. Yeah. Cause you can see the people that are, are you just complaining about your situation? Or is it something deeper? Right. Like, and are you mad at this right now? Or are you really mad about something you told me a month ago that I feel like you never got over? Like, and is you just been piling stuff on? Because therapy allows you to put the ugly mirror in yourself. So it kind of throws a red flag up now that you have those tools and resources from your therapist to notice when other people are doing the same. That's why I asked you talk with your uh, boys about your sessions because I find myself anytime me and my friends are talking about anything like it'll anytime something remotely feels similar to like a situation I had that I may have brought up with my therapist I'll just share what she told me with them and like for example I shared something with one of my friends and like that's really stuck out to her and I, when I told my therapist that, she was like, that's so good. Like, you know, like, because if you're not going to go, like, let me just do what I'm doing now and let me just drop the gem. And the fact that she mentions that that has stuck with her since I told her, I'm glad that I could be that resource and that bridge for her. So, like, okay, as you go through what you have to go through, remember that you have this tool in your back pocket. Because I realized in that moment she may have needed it because I instantly got a snap back. So when I was on the couch talking about a similar situation, and hey, here's what she told me, and I've been trying to implement this. Maybe this could work for you too. So that's what I mean by it. it just allows me to see what people got going on, and it it just makes it real lonely. Because now it's even like I always talk about wanting to expand the like the physical tribe, but now it's like, are you healing? Or what's what's going on? We, cause we in our third, almost thirty somethings, like we need to be doing better. If you knew better, you do better. We know better. We trying to do better. Like, I need people around me that's in that type of mindset. I think I kind of do want to share something that my therapist brought up in therapy with me, and she kind of talked about how pretty much from like her what she can gather so far, I haven't been like officially diagnosed with anything. Was that she was saying that I have a mild, or it seems like I have a mild case of anxiety and that can stem from being a fixer or feeling the need to fix 
everyone's problems around me mm-hmm. and how much stress that could add and depression that that may kind of incite when I can't fix certain things or problems and I just feel the need that everything needs to be fixed, things can't be broken, kind of like what you were saying, you learned how imperfection is perfect. So that's kind of what I'm working on because she realizes that I feel the need to, if someone around me has a problem, I want to help them solve it, even if they didn't ask. And that's a problem for me because as someone who's an empath and as someone who is also a very type... You're burning yourself with someone else's emotion. Exactly, especially as someone that can feel those other people. So when my friends call me stressed out, now I'm stressed out. And now I'm stressed because I need to help you not be stressed. But then there are times where like, they get off the phone not stressed, and that's great for you, but now I'm stressed, and now my brain's going a mile a minute while I try to help you figure out your problems. And then when people don't use my suggestions, I get upset because I have now exuberated so much energy into trying to solve this problem. And what the hell do you mean that you're not? I gave you at least three solutions and you did none of them. So what? But she had to make me realize did they ask for solutions or did you just go out your way to offer them? And I had to realize I do that a lot. I offer solutions to people's problems and when they don't take it, I get mad. Yeah. So I had to real, I think I spoke about that on uh, episode eight. So sisters, when I have my best friends on here, especially if they're, cl- if they're really close to you or if you, if you... these huffers be stressing me out <laughs> and I be trying not to. I just, if, if, if I call you my friend and something you're going through something that's really stressful and like y'all we in our almost 30s we don't we me and our friends like we don't be having little girl problems we having grown woman problems like just damn for real like I wish to, if there was something if if I can't do anything to help I at least want to help you come up with the solution but I I have stopped doing that and it, I've even taken it a step further, and it's going to sound bad, but, like, now you just casually ask people, like, hey, how you doing? Like, I stopped doing it because may, I, I don't got it for you to say, what if you say, hey, I ain't doing so well, and now you trauma dumping on me, and now, boom, I have to take that energy on and walk around with it. All right, and then she had me in the crib. I'm like, well, what the fuck did I do? And I'm learning not to do that. I just... Unfortunately, stress him out too by telling him what's going on and being stressed that I can't help and that I can't come up with a solution. And she be so passionate too, and I'm just like, okay, that don't got shit to do with us. That's what it be given. <laughs> and I got I understand you're passionate about this, yes, and I understand the situation, and you know that that that's that's, that's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy, but um. You know, we here and we're good. So let's let's stay good. I'm working on it. Like, it just honestly, therapy taught me that I'm not a damn therapist because I don't know half the shit she know. And she helped me learn shit. So I, I am not, I can't be the therapist to my friend. Somebody gets paid and is highly qualified to help people solve their problems. And it's not me. So now I just respectively 
I'm that friend now that I'm going to, I talk about my sessions because I want them to go see therapists. I want all of us to go see therapists so that we, that takes a stressor off of relationships when you don't have to be the person constantly helping someone deal with their trauma. And to a certain extent, if that's your friend, if that's your spouse, that's your job to kind of help them feel their feels, but it's not your job. And I had to realize it's not my job to heal anybody's traumas. I'm not qualified for that. I got my own damn traumas that she got me not even knowing I had that I'm trying to solve. So I can't help nobody. What I can do though, is tell you to go on therapyforblackgirls.com like I did and find a therapist for free. (laughs) That's what I can do. Cause I feel you sis, but I, I don't, I'm not qualified to help you with this situation. And there are people, I was about to say, let me help you find them, but that's me doing it again. But, you know, here's the website, do it what you will, type of thing. And I'm learning that. And just like that, we are at our last word of the week. We made it after a lot of rambling. And who knows? But we only got 20, the camera is 22%. So we've been up here for a minute. This week's word of the week, if you have one, I'll let you give one too. But I picked self-awareness because if you truly want to heal yourself, the first step is to understanding the role that you play in your own suffering. And that's kind of what we talked about earlier. Because sometimes it's you. Just like sometimes it's me. And just like sometimes it's him. Like we all have to acknowledge. Sometimes. Sometimes what? Sometimes it's me. Sometimes it's me. Like I said, sometimes it's him too. And either way, regardless of who's responsible, accountability is a requirement for true healing. You cannot heal yourself if you're not taking accountability for the role you play in your own suffering. Because at some point, even if you didn't do it, you allowed it to continue. You didn't put those boundaries in place. And that's that's not no one else's fault but yours. That's not me throwing hella blame. That's me encouraging you to take accountability. There's no way you can navigate this human experience without some level of honesty. And you can't be honest with others if you're not honest with yourself first. And That's a fact. Once you get to that place, uh, that real self-aware and intentionally conscious place, just remember... That those who are awake do not judge those who are asleep. I have to literally remind myself of that all the time and finding that balance and not judging people for where they are, but just kind of understanding where they are and understanding that they just may not be able to come with me to the next stage in my life. And once you notice the patterns and the people around you that no longer resonate with you, You kind of set your boundaries and you move accordingly. And while finding peace in knowing that they just aren't there yet, and that's okay because we're all not going to be in this race going the same pace. But understanding where you are and what pace you're running at so you know who you need to your left and to your right. Knocked it out the party. I tried. And with that being said, I literally cannot end season four without thanking you guys for watching and you guys for listening and just thank you for such a transformative season season four like I said is really personal to me because 
y'all got to hear real life healing and growth in real time. And like this season, I put my heart into this season and hopefully it shows, but I feel so much goddamn better knowing that I really gave the season four my all and Thank you guys for accepting me, my thoughts, and my opinions wholeheartedly. And as much love and light that y'all pour into me, I plan to give it all right back to y'all in season five and every season thereafter. And if episode nine of this season did not make it clear, we are literally just getting started. I am coming back bigger and better the next time y'all see me. We yes, we we coming in with a bang. If everything goes accordingly, we coming in with a bang next season, just like we did these this season. But we, we taking it up even even more. I might even taking it up two notches if I could pull off what I'm trying to pull off. But until then, I will. We will see y'all in season five. Peace, y'all. Peace. Cue outro one more time. And on that note, if you made it this far, thank you for kicking it with me and chopping it up with me. I appreciate each and every one of y'all. The love and the support, it never goes unnoticed or unappreciated. And if you want to join the conversation in real time, make sure that you're following me across all social media platforms at Tyann Watson. But more specifically, make sure you're following me on Instagram at tyann.watson because that's where I'll post all of the polls, all of the questions and conversation starters. That's also where you guys can expect to see sneak peeks and previews into the episodes to come. We on a new season and we on a new level. This going to be one hell of a ride. I hope y'all are ready. Until then, I'll see you. Yeah, you. Same time, same place next week for another Melanated Monday. And remember, the goal is to be good and do good. Until next time, peace, y'all.